Kale and Company, weekday mornings, 6 till 10. Wednesday morning, Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Always get us on the free Odyssey app. Watch us on YouTube, youtube.com slash at 1210WPHD. Hit the like and subscribe buttons. Social media as well, at 1210WPHD. Tony Bruno at 820. Of course, we have the cut sheet coming up at 745. Very good day. It's going to be beautiful out. Sunny skies, 70s. We've got baseball. And we've got uh, global chaos. World War III on the precipice. I think Trump predicted all of this. But I digress. 855-839-1210, the phone number. We'll get to Dawn's news coming up here in just a few moments. Also, why you should really appreciate the Second Amendment in this country, and I think certainly about 99% of our audience does, uh, we will get to that. And also, the Middle East impact at the southern border and a squad dem that's unfit to serve, so says some of her uh, colleagues. We'll get to that in just a few moments. Dawn's news on the way, but let me just grab Ray in Warminster first. Uh, he's got some thoughts on the brainwashing of Hamas. Ray, you're on Talk Radio 1210. How you doing, buddy? Good morning, everybody. Uh, yeah, so when you start seeing the members of the LGBTQTIAMOUSE community holding up flags <laughs> that say they support Palestine, Go go support Palestine over Palestine with your rainbow flag and see how that works out for you. Right. You know. I, yes. You know, and, and 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 you know it's you know you got people or politicians that won't condemn what happened, but the moment you say that biological men should not be allowed in women's sports, the, the you know what hits the fan. These people have been brainwashed. They're complete idiots, quite frankly, and. This is this is the biggest. This I think they're these people are the bigger problem in America than what we may be facing. Yeah, because well, we can overcome what we're facing. Yeah, but but trying to trying to reprogram these people. I hate to use that word reprogram because they use it for us, right? Right. But trying to teach them what's right. And here's right. the problem: people like you and me, and and Dawn and, and Greg, we're we're educated. We listen to all all factors, right? I mean, I understand the other side, but the other side won't listen to our side. No, they don't want to so hear. Brainwashed. They don't want to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're exactly right. You know, we've seen these. I've seen. And Ray, thank you so much for the call. There was multiple signs in different cities with, you know, LGBTQ stands with. uh, And it's like, wait a minute. And everybody has posted the picture on Twitter and said, who wants to let him in on the secret? Like, you go over to the Middle East, you will not come back. You know, what's funny is that uh, and I'm going to play this this clip later uh, in the show. But it. Kudos to Jake Tapper because he actually brought this up, and I think it's a very good point, is that we heard the entire time of the Trump presidency from 2016, 2017 to 2020, we heard nothing but right-wing Nazis Mm -hmm. and uh, these these people with their tiki torches hating the Jews and, like, there's this anti-Semitism on the right and anti-Semitism is up. What they all fail to realize is that, yes, of course, there's anti-Semitism everywhere. Of course. But there's a lot of anti-Semitism on college campuses. Mm -hmm. And it's being taught. And it's not as... It's not as blatant as people with tiki torches saying, uh, you know, blood and whatever they were chanting. Yep. Like, it's it's not as... Upfront is that it's this little, it's these little things that they. Well, it's it's an occupying force. Yes. Oh, uh, the uh, the Israeli um, apartheid. Like it's these little things that mm-hmm. their professors are teaching them yep. about 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 the Jewish people. That is that is way more dangerous. That's correct. 
It's funny you bring this up because there, we have a, a, an article and a story, uh, the headline from media, uh, American youth are indifferent to Jewish suffering. That's what I mean. The American youth are yeah. increasingly indifferent to Jewish suffering and sympathetic to an ancient evil. And I think you pretty much just encapsulated is, that story right there. Is it that we are just so far removed from the Holocaust and World War II? Is, is that... Is that it? Honest, honest to God, I, like we, you know, we forget. Right. We're not being taught it enough. Whatever it is, like, mm-hmm. do we, you know, because uh, tragically, a lot of the people that were around during that yeah. have died off. Right. So, like, it, it's on us as parents. It's mm-hmm. on teachers to teach. Yeah, you know, the atrocities that happen so they don't happen again. But they're happening again, right. and you have kids on college campuses that seem to be sympathetic of the other side. Which is, is so bizarre, and the false labeling of those on the right of this, that, or the other thing. Yeah, I think people on the right are always sympathetic for, for everybody, but it's the left that has come out and said, um, you know, we're victims, everything is racist, homophobic, transphobic, any phobic you can attach to it. And if you want to play that card, okay. I don't think the market is ma- matching the demand. I've long said that for racism. I think the, the market and demand for racism far out se- exceeds the supply. But if you're going to play the social morality card and be a social justice warrior, then be consistent across the board with it. You can't sit there and tell me black lives matter, but Jewish lives matter do not. You can't tell me that trans lives matter, but um, hetero- or heterosexual lives do not, right? Like, that, and that's the, that's the problem with identity politics. You put yourself and you back yourself into a corner, and then you get called on it when you're not consistent with your belief. So, 855-839-1210. Let's get some news. 706, round two. Dawn Stenzel, and away we go. And yes, good morning. This October 11th, and we are sponsored this morning by American Heritage Credit Union. Uh, we have a deadly situation with, a, a, it looks like a pedestrian was struck by a vehicle outside <clears throat> Philadelphia's 30th Street Station this morning. We know we had a, multi, a multi-vehicle accident that happened around Girard or between Girard and 34th 34th Street Station this morning about 5 a.m. And then around the same time, not related, according to police, but a pedestrian was struck outside 30th Street Station. A real tragedy there as police investigate this one. So they were blocking off Schuylkill Ave at JFK Boulevard right in front of the train station following that. And the pedestrian died, they say, after being struck. So they're investigating this one. And it, it looks like, I believe that the driver of the car involved actually was somebody who um, who stayed on the scene. But they're warning about that. As somebody, and we all do it, who drives around 30th Street Station every yeah. morning, yep. yeah. there are so many people that walk across the street. You can't see them. I know. They're, they're, you know. There's homeless people that are, you know, gyrating and <laughs> moving in the middle of the road. The you, have, you have no idea what's happening. Yep. There's all kinds of people there. That, you know, they're yeah. trying to run across the street. So I, this doesn't surprise me that this happens. No, and you know what has bothered me as well is when we come out of our parking garage and make the quick right, you go down, you make a left, you make another left, and you wrap back around to get on the, uh, on the vine and the Schuylkill. There's many times where people are on a bike. And you're going up the left side of the lane. You're driving your vehicle. You're getting ready to make the turn. The light is good. There's nobody walking in either direction. And somebody zips by on a scooter or a pedal yeah. bike. That unless my head is completely turned to my left, mm. not and you can't even see them in your mirror. Yeah. And they just go right by you. I'm yeah. like, 
If if I hit you, that's on you. I make the right turn to go into our to for the street where our parking garage is. There's always a guy on a motorized bike mm-hmm. that is right next to me, and I'm like, he, he and he doesn't stop. He just keeps going. Uh huh. So like like he's in a Hummer. One yeah. One day I'm gonna hit him. He's <laughs> clipping with your door. Yeah, I'm just I'm <laughs> I'm just warning you if you're listening, be careful because one day I'm gonna hit you. Watch out for Greg Stalker. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> My dad has a whole bit on this, and he he talks about he says back in the day johnny carson used to talk about this it all started on the left coast in california because back in the day i don't think i don't know when this started but there was actually a time in the in the land of back when things made sense Mm -hmm. when actually pedestrians uh didn't have the right of way or were told to look both ways yep but now we've evolved into this situation where it's like somebody's like, no, I'm on a bicycle yeah. or I'm walking. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm just – I have the right here. Yeah. I have the right of yeah. way, so you better watch out for me because I'm not watching out for you. Mm-hmm. You're right. The brazenness of pedestrians and people on bikes is is another level right now. It's, the the bravado is unbelievable. Yeah. I mean I always have my head on a swivel. I, I mean I get out of the gr- at my truck this past weekend with my daughters, and we're going into Giant in the grocery store. I'm like, all right, girls, hands Heads looking both ways because if I don't tell them that, they're going to be staring on their phone. They're going to be completely <laughs> oblivious to grandma backing up her, her station yep. wagon mm-hmm. uh, or they'll walk right into the cart return thing. It's yep. unbelievable. Yep. Oh, wait. You're reminding me. We were supposed to be counting down. We need a little sounder. No, we don't. With, because um, Nick Hale and his stop it. daughters. Just stop it. And his ex. They're all, I mean, what a great guy. Friday like, night. Friday night. Get my Swifty on. Going to the Eras. Tr- so we need like a little didn't Taylor I, Swift, like I, shake did, it off and I then say, do like a sounder. Didn't I have an edict that this week we, we were not going to mention Taylor Swift once? And yeah. yesterday in the seven o'clock hour, yep. we spent five minutes on her. <laughs> Sadly, yeah. And Who now cares? it's seven. Nobody yeah, cares. And now it's seven ten. We're spending another. I know. Okay. Something about that seven o'clock hour. Yeah. I, I, like I, seventh I, heaven. I don't like it. I, I never either. said her name. I'm trying to avoid it. All right, we're you in didn't the, have to. We're in the middle of news, my love. We're Dawn, in the middle. Okay. Dawn's the antagonist. ADD over here. Uh, Nick Hale, if you missed his great big take, he talked about <clears throat> the fact that two people were detained by police who had some very nasty language, and I would say misogynistic, uh, sexist, ugly, profan- profane language that mm-hmm. they used on police. Yeah. Um, but they were detained by police on the campus, and this was main campus, Penn State University, after appearing to cause a disturbance during Riley Gaines' appearance at the school, and she has released all the paperwork. If you missed Nick Hale's great big take at the top of the six, it was awesome talking about Women's Day XX, which was yesterday, and uh, there was a woman being oppressed and suppressed. Does Does your son deal with any of this, or are, are these episodes taking place at the Abington branch as well, or is this just maybe a main campus, big campus type thing? That's That's a great, I think that's a great point that you make, because... He he's had a great. I have to say he's had a wonderful experience. Okay, everybody the professors are fantastic. Every because I think it's a smaller community. Yeah, and so you still your Penn State, you still have the same degree. Everything transfers to main campus when and if you do. Yep. But has he had professors who are they them? Yes. Mm-hmm. But the only comment he had was that particular professor he had last year made the most delicious donuts I've ever had in my life. So I actually <laughs> love this professor who was awesome. Yeah. But unfortunately the the professor at the beginning said, I want you to know that I that uh, I don't demand that you I don't demand your 
your attendance, and I don't really believe in grades. Mm. And so Michael, kind of professor. <laughs> well, Michael was like one of the only students who went to the class and really got a lot out of it. Yeah. But it was kind of a shame that, you know, people were like, okay, bye-bye. Yeah. And they didn't go. So there was that. Wow. Yeah. But if you are Great. a student. If you make it not mandatory, trust me, they will not they're show They're not going to show up. <laughs> yeah. Except for Michael, who yeah. was just like going to go. And then the don't. Let's just go back to the donuts. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we're talking about that. Uh, we, d- we did have, of course, Joe Biden for the first time speaking out to the nation, addressing the nation in an important moment. And many in the Israeli community and I'm and, and Palestinian community as well, you know, reacting to this, not just in our area, but across the nation. But for many, it was comforting to see a U.S. president speak out, albeit did not really address Iran. Yeah. And well, it only took 72, 80 hours. And I think Joe uh, just realized Daddy that he owes you. He owes us the speech and he did. So he was speaking out, and and there is that action continues, the back and forth, and we've been covering that for you as well. Of course, the big story locally for us, and by the way, new numbers coming out. So financial in the financial world, we are you know we're always watching this, and so with regard to money and the Fed, U.S. Treasury yields um, falling as investigators, as investors, I should say, look ahead to the release of some key economic data that could inform the Federal Reserve's future monetary policy moves so we'll watch that today and and just you know we're always watching this stuff even if we don't talk extensively about it but i just wanted to work that in there phil's today right 507 there's so much excitement building and it's other than the wonderful forecast that's going along with it uh this is exciting for us as our philadelphia phillies return home tied 1-1 in the 20 you know, in the in the National League Division Series, right? Could be, potentially, could be the last time Aaron Nola ever starts a game at Citizens Bank Park. Aww. That is a possibility. I think you get his A game today, personally. Yeah, game three. And I think the Braves are trying to keep it. Have they announced yet who their person is on the mound? Because it's some weirdo secret. Yeah, I, I don't know. And even, it could be a rookie, I, I'm hearing. Yeah, and... I'm, I'm wondering if it's a bullpen game. I've never heard of the guy. I got it right here. Uh, it is Smith Shaver. Uh, let's see what his is. He the twenty year old? He's a rookie. Yeah, I believe he's going to be all nervous. Everybody, be so loud. I was just going to say they're putting a rookie twenty year old on AJ AJ Smith Scheuer. He he was born in two (laughs) thousand two. He's he's younger than Valdez. Oh my God! Wow, Wow. boy, he has no idea what's coming. No clue. Starting at five oh seven tonight. When he goes out onto that mound, let's say around five twenty two after the Phillies. uh, uh, you know, um, after the Braves already hit the yeah, top yeah. of the first, yep. he's going to look around. It was Citizens Bank, 43,000. Yeah, 45. Oh, yeah, boy. Yeah. But it's going to feel like 100,000. <laughs> oh, man. We are loud. We'll, yeah. give them an, we'll give him a nice welcome. Welcome to the big league, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, what are they thinking? All right. And um, so it, it's just it's so exciting. But they're, the Phillies are rolling out new merchandise, new memorabilia as the team returns. I'm probably going to stop by the store there, you know, because I lo- uh, you, even if you don't have the tickets right. and even if you're not sneaking in with Anthony and big our producer, Big Dan, yep. yeah. Lieutenant Dan, uh, you know, it, even if you're not sneaking in like them, um, it, I think 10 a.m. The new era Phillies team store opens until 1.30 p.m. Yeah. Wow. And if you can't afford the Phillies merch, but you have money for Kale and Company merch or 1210 merch. You know the discount. I think the I think the the bargain buy is with us personally. <laughs> By the way, a, a Joanne on the YouTube chat says she just ordered a shirt, a, 
a hoodie, and a mug. Yay. Yay. Wow. Thank you, Joanne. Oh, Thank you, Joanne. Yes. We appreciate it. All the merch is available uh, at the uh, website 1210WPHT.com, mm-hmm. 1210WPHT.com. So, uh, all gates open, postseason rally towels for all fans, compliments of SEPTA, and visit Delco, and that's 2.37 p.m., all gates open. So, I swear to God, John Brazier does this just to trigger Greg Stocker, mm-hmm. 2.37, mm-hmm. the gates open, because yep. Greg hates Horrible. the odd um, numbers. Jim Tomei's daughter today, uh, Raul Abanez, so it should be a good, a good group. It's so sweet. Well, it has, to do with, it has to do with TBS, right, because they have those odds. Yeah. Yeah, Star TBS times. puts everything on the sevens. Yeah. So weird. So dumb. Used to be the Braves TV network. Yeah, I, I remember. remember. So cool. Yeah. We are sponsored by American Heritage Credit Union, the place for first-time home buyers, in-house realtors, and a $500 lender credit for new homeowners. So visit AmericanHeritageCU.org slash FTH for all the details. Loans subject to credit approval insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS, Forty three thirty eight thirty eight NBC ten first alert forecast is a beauty. Seventy two degrees, gorgeous clear skies, sunshine. It's gonna feel good for our fills. And that forecast pretty much takes us through the end of the week. So fall like but warm, sunny weather to bring us hopefully some good luck shining upon our Philadelphia Phillies in the uh in the series. This is Kale & Company News Live. All right, Dawn, thank you very much. 855-839-1210, the phone number. Uh, some instant feedback real quickly on Twitter. Newman Price uh, says, I would pay for Dawn Stenzel's chat room. She can do Buddy the Dog voices, <laughs> tease about a big three at nine, and say that my thoughts are a sin. She'd make more money than Mia Khalifa. I don't know about that, but <laughs> but it was funny that I just... With my sons, I was like, and they're and they're just like, oh, mom, no, no, it's not like Odyssey. <laughs> Trust yeah. me, don't even look at that stuff. Exactly right. All right, <laughs> uh, coming up next, we'll put a bow on some of the conversation with uh, Syria, uh, Syria, uh, Hamas. <laughs> that might as well be Syria, Hamas, Israel, everything going on in the Middle East because thousands of special interest aliens from the Middle East countries have been stopped at the southern border since 2021. That's the headline on foxnews.com, and we will get into that story when we come back. It's Kale & Company on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. This is the Kale & Company podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and on the free Odyssey app. October at Parks Casino and the $50,000 Trick or Treat Treasures it's on, baby. Win, and you'll have a close encounter with a creepy claw machine. Winners selected every 20 minutes, Friday, October 20th. Earn entries right now through October 20th for your chance to play the creepy claw with the $50,000 trick or treasures only at the number one casino, Parks Casino, P-A-R-X. The hottest entertainment will keep you coming back for more. So, 3,200 state-of-the-art slots, 115 table games, the best sports book on the entire East Coast, Joe Conklin's Comedy Night with New York's best club comedians every other Thursday night, of course, and the best local bands every weekend at 360 Lounge. So here's some top headliners coming soon to the Excite Center at Parks. Comedian Michael Blaustein, Friday, October 20th. That's a big one. Howie Mandel, Friday, November 17th. Air Supply, Saturday, November 18th. Aaron Lewis, Thursday, November 30th. Michael Carbonaro, 
Friday, December 15th. And let's take you into mid-December as we look at Martina McBride, and that's December 16th. Parks is the ultimate destination for all the action, excitement, entertainment, fun for a date night, girls' night out, guys' night out, free parking, valet parking, electric vehicle, charging stations for everybody. For all things Parks Casino, just visit parkscasino.com, P-A-R-X, casino.com, Parks Casino and Sportsbook. This is how you win. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Nick, Dawn, and Greg. Uh, if you're just tuning in, a lot on day five, Israel, Hamas, the latest fallout reaction and continuing developments in this ongoing saga in the Middle East. Also, the impact here in the United States. And earlier this morning, we talked a lot about Riley Gaines and her appearance at Happy Valley at Penn State University. Cut sheet 745, Tony Bruno at 825 as we keep it going here. And I'll put a bow on this conversation with everything going on with Israel and Hamas. Uh, The headline, you are unfit to serve in the House. A New York congressman railed against squad member uh, Ilhan Omar after the Minnesota Democrat, the squad dem, asserted that Israel should not fight back against Hamas and called its military efforts a war crime. Think about that for a second. So you get attacked and you respond with your military and it's a war crime. Well, Republican Mike Lawler from New York's 17th Congressional District wrote on Twitter that Israel was just brutally attacked by terrorists funded by Iran, and you, Omar, want to cut off off funding and military aid and equipment. You were out of your mind and unfit to serve in the House of Representatives. This is why you were removed from the Foreign Affairs Committee, which is something that we uh, talked about earlier uh, this year in 2023. And you talk about unfit to serve. Basically, anybody assigned to protect the border in this administration, I would argue, unfit to serve based on the orders of this administration to essentially have open borders. And again, it's not people just coming up from Mexico trying to flee. It's just not cartel, not just drugs and sex traffickers or human traffickers. It is people around the globe. And from the Middle Eastern perspective, there are many people leaving those countries that have been stopped at the southern border In the last two and a half years or have made their way into this country. So this is a very alarming number. And this data was confirmed by multiple uh, CBP sources. And by the way, that's not Citizens Bank Park. That'll be the Phillies later today (laughs) and reflects apprehensions between the ports of entry from October of 2021 to October of 2023. So these two years, and it shows that agents encountered 6,386 nationals from Afghanistan in that period, 3,100 plus from Egypt, another 659 from Iran, 538 from Syria. Also encountered were 30,830 from Turkey, just over 1,600 from Pakistan, 13,000 from Uzbekistan, 164 from Lebanon, 185 from Jordan, 139 from Yemen, 123 from Iraq, and 15,594, of which they could not even confirm which nation they were technically residents of in the Middle East. You add it up, you put it all together, and you're looking at a significant amount of people. And this is what I have said has been so dangerous about the southern border, is It is a global port of anybody around the world right now. 
that dreams of having a better life, that wants to live in this great nation, they know exactly what exit to get off of the highway and where to pull up. And it's at our southern border. We have globally advertised that you can just flood this nation and some of you will get stopped. Some of you will slip through. Some of you will come with parents. Some of you not so much. Some of you are willing to crawl on barbed wire and razor wire. And you think about America's, you know, security, our national security. It's not just worrying about being attacked by terrorists through the air or through the water or on land. I mean, you're talking about even at the most, and this is clearly a crisis, but at a, quote, lower level as far as the way media sensationalizes coverage, we're talking about something as simple as a kid in this country takes a drug thinking it's one thing and it's laced with fentanyl. And next thing you know, the parent is burying the child. So you look at this and I'm just, you know, we mentioned this a few days ago. You know, if you don't think that there are sleeper cells already in the United States that are plotting evil acts and have sinister intentions against us in the West with the same radicalized school of thought that Israel is dealing with over in the Middle East, you're sadly mistaken. And I just hope that our agencies have not dropped the ball on tracking these individuals because we just saw a massive intelligence failure in Israel. And there was a massive intelligence failure to some extent 22 years ago on 9-11. And when this stuff happens, you start thinking, like, are we next? And you've heard the threats from the Middle East, the terrorist groups, Iran. Um, you know, it's not going to stop with Israel. And to Stalker's point earlier, um, these people, they, they are of a crazy belief that they want to not only eliminate the Jewish people, they want a death to America and death to the West. They despise everything about us, and they know it might be easier to come up through the southern border than to go about it the way they did 22 years ago. 855-839-1210, if you would like to jump in. Coming up next, we'll work our way towards what's on the cut sheet. And uh, in cable news, we know CNN has been in trouble for a long time. They get they get crushed by MSNBC playing that game better than CNN does. They get crushed by Fox News. But what if the boss just came out and said, you know what, after further review, we're not prepared or ready for the future. That's a very interesting statement. We'll get to that as we continue. Kale and Company, back after this. It's Kale and Company On Demand from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the free Odyssey app. Picture yourself, your hair blowing in the wind, just gliding over those turquoise blue waters of the Mediterranean, taking the high-speed jet foil to the Isle of Capri. Yes, I want you to join me (laughs) for 12 magical days in luxury with the best professionals, once again, from conservative tours. I'm talking about heading to southern Italy on a gastronomical tour of the most beautiful coastline in the world, the Amalfi Coast. And yeah, I've been dreaming of this. This is definitely a bucket list trip for me, for my husband Larry. It's a special anniversary for us. And yeah, we're taking the boys too. We're going to travel with the very best tour operator in all of Italy, my friends, at Conservative Tours. Nobody does it better. They, of course, have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. 5267, that includes your airfare, luxury hotels, dining events. Just call toll-free, 888-733-9494. You can go to conservativetours.com 
And you'll see my picture there, and they have the full description, the full itinerary of what we'll be doing, what you'll be doing for 12 days. I can't wait to visit the Abbey of Monte Cassino and checking out, thanks to conservative tours, some of Italy's best-kept secrets. Puglia, medieval Caserta, Sorrento, Pompeii, a chance to see the great sites, all the ancient sites there in Rome, the Colosseum, all before heading home. Join me next spring, a luxurious trip to Italy. See you on the Isle of Capri. Call now, 888-733-9494 conservativetours.com Wednesday morning Nick Dawn and Greg Talk Radio 1210 WPHT We are absolutely ready for the future We've been ready for 13 months CNN apparently not so much You know I've got to give this show this station a lot of credit really the company Uh, When I went to Nashville in 2018 as we welcome you back in talking some media here with CNN um, It was 2018 And I did a morning show, and the station did not have an app. I said, it's 2018. You guys don't stream the show? It's just just on the FM dial? They're like, yeah. And, you know, when I got hired by this company, it was still owned or named and branded as Entercom and the Radio.com app. But, yeah, we've always seemed to be up to date with technology and where the industry is going. You know, we stream live on an app. You, of course, HD this channel, HD that channel. Watch us on YouTube. I know some Odyssey stations use Twitch for their digital video streaming service. Yet CNN. <laughs> I know. This is staggering to me. Yep. Um, like, I, I've long thought all their talent and their personalities actually lack talent and personality. They're just very bland, miserable people. But CNN boss Mark Thompson to his staff saying, quote, The network is nowhere near ready for the future. Mark Thompson said that he was going to, this is from the Wall Street Journal, said he was going to draw on his earlier experience as CEO of the New York Times to modernize CNN. And he told his staff that the network needs to step up its digital game, saying conventional TV, quote, can no longer define us. And said its journalists shouldn't be distracted by debates about balance or false equivalency. Speaking to employees in a video message on Monday, his first official day at CNN, Thompson said he would draw on these past experiences at the New York Times. Quote, for most people under the retirement age, the first place they turn for news is their phones, not their TVs. And news players who can't or won't respond to that revolution risk losing their audiences and their business. He said CNN needs to act swiftly and that despite some progress, such as the recent launch of CNN Max, a collection of programming from the network on the Max streaming service, quote, this company is still nowhere near ready for the future. TV is vital and there's urgent work to do there, especially as we rebuild primetime because they're getting slaughtered. But TV is also too dominant in CNN and digital too marginal. Wow. Uh, Stalker, I think, as a brand manager and Dawn, as somebody that's worked in news television, you evolve or you perish, and it seems like he realizes that. Yeah, yeah. You, have to, you have to adapt with the times or you're going to, you know, everybody, we went through at the beginning of this year, the threat that AM radio might uh, go away and not be in uh, in new cars. Mm-hmm. Luckily, they stepped in and stopped that. But, you know, there was a real possibility that that could happen. So, you know, us, what, I'm not going to, you know, cry and complain about it. I'm going to say it. Okay, so if you're not able to get us here, where else can you get us? Mm-hmm. So we did YouTube, and we have the Odyssey app. And by the way, you know, our, I said this at the outset of the program this morning. 
uh, yesterday on the Odyssey app from 6A to 7P, that's all day for you out there in Radioland, um, uh, is uh, prime, uh, the prime day parts, as they call it. Yes. Uh, we had our biggest streaming numbers of the year yesterday from wow. 6A to 7P. So is like, that on Odyssey? Uh, the app? Y- yes, that's on the Odyssey app. So, mm-hmm. like, we, you know, we're. Um, we're doing just fine on the, you know, we need to, and, and we, look, we stepped into it. Like we're, like we're, we're embracing it. You know, I'm not scared to run from, I want everybody to consume what we do here all day long. And mm-hmm. it, cause I think it's a product that works. I'm proud of what we do here. And, and I want as many people to consume it as, as possible. Yeah. So wherever people are getting their things, whether it's podcasts, whether it's streaming, whether it's YouTube, I want people to be able to see it and hear it. Yeah, and Don, you've worked in news television for a long time, and you've said CNN when they were at their best, they had boots on the ground, they had their people out in the yeah. field. But it seems like it's 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 more than that because you know, let's face it, today's generation, all they care about is the little device in their hand. And I know Greg yeah. Stocker likes to tell us, can we stop getting our news from Twitter? But people <laughs> people don't flock to the television for their news like they used to anymore. Yeah, and I I mean I can tell I can testify that. As far as teenagers and college age, they don't get their news from Twitter. They're not looking at – they're not on Twitter. And so they they are going to the most authentic sources they can find, and they're very savvy and very cynical. And so that is evolving as well. So we've talked about for years the fact that television news has been dead. It just doesn't know it yet. Mm-hmm. And so it's just generational at this point. Yeah. So once, once um, you know, people in high school and college reach whatever the key demos are, it's, it's DOA as far as traditional TV news, which is why they're wise to go on all these different social media sites. Mm-hmm. But there's also the cynicism of media bias. And because they've been hearing on both sides – They've been hearing their they've they've heard for years growing up their parents talking about media bias whether they think it's too liberal too conservative so they just don't they don't want any of it right they, they you know what I mean they're just like oh the grownups have all lost their mm-hmm. mind and they're all arguing over yeah. this stuff let's get to the core right. and and also education nowadays you think about the group you know everything now is a group project in school mm-hmm. everything they yeah. want everybody to work together. And do the the crowdsourcing kind of concept, yep. and that's really pushed in all the schools in education. And so you have that that kind of collaboration. And if you talk to high school students, most of them, by the way, are saying, "Yeah, I want to I want to start my own business." Mm-hmm. It, it's fascinating to me that we have a few future generations of even I'll go back to middle school. They have watched all of this with the pandemic, the shutdown. They think so differently and they see the world so differently. And that, of course, impacts media. You know, it's interesting when you look at all the numbers and you look at television, I think it's usually somewhere between 47 and 49 of the most consumed telecasts in the top 50 for the year are live sports play-by-play games. Easily. Typically football. Easily. Traditionally the NFL. If it wasn't for live sports in the NFL and play-by-play, yep. television would be dead. A hundred percent. And we talk about Fox dominates CNN, and Fox has an advantage over MSNBC, and then sometimes they're neck and neck. As good as Fox is doing for their own little world, it's still a very small percentage of Americans. I mean, you talk about it, 2.5 million, 3 million people in a nation of 340. Mm-hmm. I mean, you do the math, it's a minuscule percentage. But like with CNN here, 
you know, we gotta we gotta ramp up our digital. And but but here's the thing: if your product is not in demand on television because of the way you cover news or the people you put in front of the camera, mm-hmm. I don't think there's going to be a demand for your streaming service and your digital. This to me, and he mentions their prime time lineup. You need a reboot of talent because you have people mm-hmm. that don't resonate with those seeking left wing media, and I don't think. By any stretch, Joy Reid or anybody on MSNBC is more likable as a personality. Mm-hmm. But the writing goes on the wall that people aren't responding to Jake Tapper, no, Aaron Burnett, yeah. uh, whoever else, is Don, Don Lemon before he got fired, Caitlin Collins. Mm-hmm. It's just not. So you can repackage it and say, hey, let's do digital, let's do streaming, let's do a la carte. But if you're still trotting out the same players on the field that aren't getting the results, you can get you can deliver them on on any medium you'd like. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, the demand's not going to skyrocket. That's the way I look at it. Yeah, I think, you know, to your point, the reason Caitlin Collins was was interesting was when she, because she has an, she has an interesting different look and personality, so she was interesting as a reporter. But now that they have her sort of handcuffed to the anchor desk and all hairsprayed and locked down, uh, she's boring. I've never watched her show once, other than the cut sheet, mm-hmm. yet I still, having seen her for all those years covering the Trump White House, yeah. I can't picture her giving me an eight-minute captivating mm-hmm. monologue. No, because that's not her skill set. Right. And so, and so she was interesting because she was edgy, and she was very young when she started out. Remember, she was confronting Trump and yeah. back and forth and busting chops, but she, she had an edge about her. Now, you know, she, she just doesn't resonate. None of them do. It would be like Fox giving Peter Ducey a show. I don't think it would work. As good as he is at busting Kareem Jean-Pierre or challenging the administration, it doesn't mean you will have that gravitas in a primetime spot Mm -hmm. to command the hour. Like the Hannity's, the Tuckers of the world. They get on there and they, they own it. I, I don't feel like Caitlin Collins can own that moment, mm-hmm. nor do I find her appealing. Yeah. And think, She's got guts. And think about it. Think about the one debate. I mean, we, you know, we love Dana Perino, who has a, a great background, having worked not just, she didn't start in television. She worked under the Bush administration. Right. You know, she's had those various jobs and has had a fascinating career where she's worked very hard. I love Dana Perino. I didn't think it was... It it served her best mm-hmm. when she was a moderator yeah. in that one debate, yeah. With that English dude who I I don't Stuart Vaughn, oh, he was horrible. Good God! So that made it difficult. But I'm just saying that talent does matter. Yes, it does. And talent always prevails. Eight five five eight three nine twelve ten seven forty eight. It's a midweek what's edition of what's on the cut sheet. What's on the cut sheet on this Wednesday is brought to you by our good friends at Cherry Hill Volvo, where they have ample inventory of brand new and beautiful pre-owned Volvos. Enjoy the luxury experience you deserve. They always go the extra mile for their customers because relationships matter at Cherry Hill Volvo. Check them out over at 70 and Cherry Hill. Cherry Hill Volvo, where relationships matter. Nick, I want to piggyback off uh, something you were talking about. Who's consuming TV these days in sports is always the big winner uh, football especially, World Series too, but, mm-hmm. you know, football especially. Uh, I've been sitting on this for a few days, but it's a perfect time to bring us out. So Al Michaels was on with Chris Wallace uh, on Sunday night, and they were discussing all kinds of things, but it's the very end of this that I want to get your reaction to because they talk about 
Uh, will the World Series, Super Bowl, all that stuff ever be on streaming services that you have to pay for? Okay. Keep in mind, Al Michaels is on Amazon Prime now. Exactly. Uh, guys in the back, you don't have this, so this is this is audio only. Cut 10. Do you think Congress would ever allow the World Series or the Super Bowl to be on pay-for-TV streaming? Years ago, I would have said no. Now, all bets are off. Anything is possible. It wouldn't surprise me. What do you think about that? I think he's spot on. I, I also think he's playing to his current employer because <laughs> Amazon Prime as a streaming service plucked him away for Thursday Night Football, mm-hmm. uh, took him away from NBC television, and gave him a boatload of money. <clears throat> you okay? Uh-oh. 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 He swallowed a fly. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Al Michaels has always hit me in the soft spots <laughs> in my feels. Oh, give me one second here. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. There we oh, go. Yeah, so um, you know, I think he spotted. Now he is, I think, playing to his employer. Like I said, sure. with Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. But the, I, you know, nowadays, I you know, on Sundays, none of my but like I'm like a relic. I watch, you know, I have the Red Zone channel, mm-hmm. but you do too. And I'll watch, you know, the Eagles game on Fox 29 or CBS 3. And sometimes I don't go to the Red Zone channel, and I just watch whatever game they give me. If it's the national, the the, the big marquee game of the week, the Patriots versus whoever. And I, I'll text my buddies in our fantasy group text and things. You know, that yeah, I was streaming some of the games on YouTube or we share passwords. I, It's amazing to me how many people my age, anywhere from 35 to 45, they don't watch television the traditional way. No. Like, I still have a local television yeah. provider. Yeah, you're, you're one of I the am last like, people. I, I mean, I'm like 39 going on 69. Yeah, you're one of the last people. I mean, I have YouTube TV, and I love it. Yeah. Uh, and I also have the, the NFL Sunday tickets, so I can watch all the games, mm-hmm. uh, which is nice. But, like, it's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's you know, with all the streaming services that are out now, it is, you're paying, like, I don't. I I, ne- I don't want to add up what I pay yeah. monthly for all these. Which is why services. I'm argu- I, which is why I've argued the point. Yeah, you're you oh the, where you have these cord cutters. Yeah, I'm not paying 122 dollars a month for uh <laughs> you know Comcast or whatever. But when you add up nine dollars for Hulu and twelve dollars for Netflix, and all of a sudden like wow, it's ninety seven dollars. But by the way, I I've been watching the Braves and Phillies game on HBO Max. Really? Because now, yeah, because they stream, they stream CNN there. They stream, they have a but like they have their own streaming system now. Okay. So when it, Apple TV has a thing where it has like your favorites and yeah. what you've been watching. So when the Phillies come up on my, I just click it. Yeah. And it takes me to whatever it takes me to, and it's been taking me to HBO Max. Yeah. Or well, Max, whatever. There, it's called there's now. no doubt because the Super Bowl is rotated between yeah. Fox, CBS, and NBC on a, on a every year three year basis. So, but think about these these streaming players now. You have Amazon Prime, mm-hmm. you have Apple TV, you have YouTube, yep. which is owned by Google. There's no doubt that one of those companies will make the NFL such a sizable offer that they will pull away the Super Bowl from traditional broadcast television. I, I absolutely see that happening in the next ten years. Um, I think it would be one last thing on this, and then we'll get into yeah. all the. Hard hitting audio I have. I just wanted to start with something that wasn't. Hamas. You know what I mean? I, I just. I. Oh, Should we get just, it back to the Eagles? Yeah. Um, I think it would be a mistake for uh, uh, these companies, the NFL, to put the Super Bowl on a streaming service. Really? Because if you think about it, there are very few things. We used to be able to come in on on a Monday morning and talk about a show that everybody watched. On Sunday night, mm-hmm. Soprano, whatever it was, yep. 
And Breaking Bad. We don't have those communal experiences anymore where we can all, because everybody's, you know, they have streaming services. They're all watching different things. The Super Bowl is the one thing that like 90 million people tune into. Mm -hmm. And you can go on the radio the next day and talk about it or go to the water cooler the next day and talk about it because everybody watched. Well, there's something for everybody. There's sports. There's entertainment. There's pop culture. There's music. There's dancing. There's commercials. Yeah. You don't have that anymore. And I think we miss that communal experience of everybody watching the same thing and talking about it the next day and you know like there was something cool about that now everybody goes into their own little silos and watches whatever they watch we have more tribalism in this nation than we've ever had it's true in in every aspect and by the way too one last thing we talk about how like you know fox news very small percentage of based on how many americans are in this country um is it me like i've always been blown away by the fact that people rave about the super bowl and i get it it's widely watched and you say let's just say it was 90 million well, that still leaves like two hundred and fifty million that didn't watch it in theory. So my question is always like, what? what what's the rest of the country doing on Super yeah, Bowl Sunday? I agree. Ipso facto on the YouTube chat says, Greg, it's because uh, shows suck now. I, I disagree with that. I think that there's a lot of quality TV on. I just think that it's hard to find because they're they're all scattered on different. I think it's oversaturated. It's not. It's not three, six, and ten anymore. It's not the sitcoms. It's not the dramas that are on. You know, there's four. There's so many different streaming things. Somebody's watching this on Netflix. Yeah. Somebody's watching this on Hulu. Somebody's watching this on Apple TV. That like you can't find everything. There's not yeah. one communal thing that everybody's watching. You know, I'm going to be a little hypocritical here and, and kind of play uh, both sides in Uh-oh. here, like you, uh, yeah, like, 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 like the MSNBC would do with Israel and Hamas. But yeah. you know, it, I, I love the fact that there, as a content provider, there's more outlets to provide your content than ever before. Yeah. But my God, the the the, the media opinion business, sports news, entertainment. Is there's so much of it? Yep. It's like it's oversaturated. Agreed. Agreed. Right. All right, let's get back to this. So uh, I mentioned this earlier. Jake Tapper was interviewing Representative Elisa Slotnick. She's a uh, she's a Democrat, but they were talking about uh, anti-Semitism and how I brought up the fact that look, you know, during the Trump years, everybody was talking about white supremacists with tiki torches, and you know, it's it, white supremacism and anti-Semitism has never been more uh, apparent and more on display than it is now. Uh, I give you uh, what happened in the Middle East uh, over the weekend and college campuses and what's happening uh, in Congress, too, with our squad Dems. Uh, they address this. This is cut five. There, there does seem to be, look, we've, we've spent a lot of time in the, during the Trump years looking at anti-Semitism on the right. This does, these last few days have been a real uh, eye-opening period for a lot of people, a lot of Democrats, a lot of progressives in terms of anti-Semitism on the left. A lot of people who seem more shocked at dehumanizing language uh, used by world leaders to describe Hamas than what Hamas actually perpetrated on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, look, anti-Semitism should be stamped out wherever it is, on the right or on the left. And we shouldn't look more glowingly on it if it comes from our side, right? So Republicans need to strongly condemn the grievous anti-Semitism that I've seen on their side, and we need to absolutely go after anti-Semitism on the left. And that it should just be a it should just be a standard thing and not a political thing, whether you condemn it or not. Democratic Congresswoman, you know, there's been for, to, to Greg's point for so many years the the red MAGA hat meant blah 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 blah. Yet here on the left, where all they do is talk about the isms and the phobics of society racism and white supremacy transphobic homophobic yet i I, i'm stunned that 
the left, which is what that's like. That's their playbook. And yet here they are with anything but being um, su- supportive, yep. um, you know, like there's no almost no sympathy. It's like, well, they're almost trying to rationalize. And by the way, too, I want to, you know, well, it's, they're not saying we, we stand with Hamas. We stand with Palestine. So just because you take out the H word and put in the nation of Palestine, you're not fooling those that have a brain that we clearly realize that. You are very anti-Semitic yes. or, well, Jews had it coming. And the, the NYU Bar Association lady, well, this was necessary. Really? It's uh, what is happening with a lot of these uh, squad Dems, Elon Omar and uh, the like. They're, it's this, you know, I said this earlier that it's, it's, it's not the blatant tiki torches, you know, guys saying, uh, you know, you will not replace us or Jews will not replace us this is more subtle this mm-hmm. is more um this is more uh, uh, uh on college campuses you have uh, well it's the uh, it's the occupying forces in 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 israel and and the apartheid that's happening and and all, all of these buzzwords zionism all, all of these buzzwords zionist excuse me all these buzzwords that are used yep. to to really really put a coating on what's really at the root of this which is anti-semitism yes Yes. I mean, it's it's remarkable to me how many squad Dems that whether they will admit it or not, it's blatantly obvious at this point. They are anti-Israel and they are also anti-white. Yeah. But, you know, po- you know, power to the people. <laughs> Sick of all of them. I've told you. You're like the, the bus driver. I, yeah, I really am. Like I, the, the squad Dems, you know, I, I can I can live with, you know, your classic liberal out there, your moderate Democrat but the progressives with their policies drive me up a wall. And then within that faction, that vocal little group of squad Dems, to me, they are the lowest form of politicians. Um, this is going to tug at some heartstrings here. And I waited. Uh, this is the reason I waited till 8 o'clock to play this. Um, oh oh this is a an Israeli mother oh, uh, who was interviewed by Andrea Mitchell, who um, had – she was on the phone with her children – uh, when uh, these uh, Nazis came in and kidnapped her children, and I guess the father of her children, and I guess uh, their stepmother or whatever it is, and she describes what that was like. She was on the phone with I guess her twelve-year-old son when this whole thing was happening. Andrea Mitchell, to her credit, did a very good job of getting this out of out of uh, this mother. But just remember when we we stand with Palestine, just just remember what exactly these these these. These animals Remember do. what you're standing and advocating exactly. for. Exactly. Cut three guys. Yeah. Uh, we now have the the mother back on back on with us. Uh, we were going to ask you about what you were saying to your boys. You were trying to keep them calm. Tell us about yeah, that. Yeah, I was on the phone to them and then trying to trying to calm them down, saying you know the military is going to get there and uh, they're safe and they're in their home. This is what we always tell them. And then at approximately half past eight, they started hearing voices of the door breaking. Um, they were with me on the phone and I asked them to be quiet, to stay quiet. They were in the safe room, which is uh, a bedroom of the eldest, uh, who's 16, as I said. Uh, and about 10 minutes later, I could hear people speaking in Arabic outside their door. And they broke in, and the last thing I heard was the youngest, who's 12, saying to them, I'm too young, don't take me. 
And that was it. That was the last time I heard from them. I am so sorry. We are all thinking about you. Um, uh, have you heard anything from the government? No, unfortunately not yet. Well, the army is, is now getting in touch with families, I know, and um, I'm, you know, I'm keeping my hopes up that uh, they're alive and well. Uh, I know that their father and his, uh, his spouse were taken also because uh, we've seen one of the videos, one of the videos that uh, Hamas put on. Uh, so we know that they're alive and uh, I'm hoping that they're with them. And as they took hundreds of children, babies, women, and elderly people, some of them from the place I live in, I'm, I'm hopeful that they're all together and that they have other people that they know around them to keep them safe and to give them a hug. So that they're all together. And I just bring them back home. Sorry? I'm, you know, I'm sure you want them to be with people they know so that they're not alone there. But what are your feelings about the, the, the attacks against Gaza right now? Um, how can I the must government... say, Ed, look, you, you're looking for, for a symmetrical situation, and I must say, it isn't. Um, if you were dealing with a, a war who is between two countries, countries don't take children hostages, I'm sorry. It's against the laws of war. It's against humanity. It's against anything that we all believe in. Every time we had missiles uh, shot at us, I used to say to my children that they should be sympathetic towards the children of Gaza because they suffer a lot more than they do. I'm not sure I still believe in it now. And I must say the only worry I have now from uh, the bombings in Gaza is the fact that my children are there. And I can't be sympathetic anymore. I can't be sympathetic to animal human beings, well, they're not really human beings, who came into my house, broke everything, stole everything, took my children from their bedrooms and took them to the Gaza Strip. Israel never done that and will never do. So there is no symmetry. I'm sorry. Do you want the I'm government... Sorry, so emotional. Do you want the government to put the, the top priority on getting the hostages out? Uh, before they I retaliate. Want my government to put it on the first priority and I want the world to put it on first priority. I think any mother in the world should try and imagine her children under that situation and then think again. That's all I want. I want the world to ask them to release children, to release elderly, to release the civilians they took there is no reason to hold them there. They are not soldiers, they are not part of the war, and they have nothing to do with it. We gave them work permits. We really believed that this was the way to move their economy, to, reun to, to reconnect these two so-called countries. This is not the way a country uh, behaves. This is a way that a terror organization behaves. I'm sorry. So, again, there's no symmetry. So, let's think about this. The same segment of society and politicians that believe 
the officer should be in jail in Philadelphia that shot and killed Eddie Arizari and charged with first-degree murder. The same group of people that think Daniel Penny is in the wrong for what he did to Jordan Neely condone or don't condemn what we are seeing and what you just sat through there with Israel and Palestine and Hamas. Allow that all of that logic to marinate there. And, oh, that kid there that was abducted, and he said, you know, don't take me, I'm too young, I'm only 12. In the world of these savages, 12's not even young enough because we just found out yesterday that they beheaded 40, 40 babies. Yeah. 40 babies. And then imagine arriving at the conclusion that you could say that this was necessary. All in the name of their God, Allah. Right. Yeah. Okay. You Let me just repeat that, that again. Let me just repeat that again. Yeah. They're doing this all in the name of their God, Allah. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Come at me. I don't care. Okay. I'm done caring. Yeah. I'm done caring. Go ahead. Um, I, look, I played that. That was almost a five-minute clip. Yeah. I, I never play a clip that long uh, because people's attention spans are... You kill me if I want to play a 90-second <laughs> clip in the big take. I do. <laughs> um, <laughs> but people's attention spans are short. But I, I think it's important to play that. I think it's important to hear that perspective in the light that in the in the conversation of you hear all all, all of these nudniks on college campuses yeah. standing with Palestine and all all of this stuff that's what these people are doing it's 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 so disturbing because we we said this many times no parent should ever have to bury their child right it's the other way around and we're talking about like you know your child getting cancer or something now imagine being on the phone with your child and the door gets kicked in and I then these savages are obviously shouting, and next thing you know, you're, the, the phone dies or whatever, and you have no idea if your yeah. child is a captive that's a prisoner, as a hostage, if the kid has been mutilated and maimed. You have no idea. Imagine trying to sleep that night. Well, let me ask you guys a question then. If you are the, like, you hear all these stories, and you know there's, you know there's hostages, they're keeping them alive because of, you know, that's, that's, what, they're, that's what they do. Um, you know, as bargaining chips, uh, what do you what do you do knowing that there's definitely kids, women involved in these hostages? What like what do you do as the Israeli government? Do you like? Well, the first thing you have to wonder or ask is, in order to have these innocent children freed, what are, what are, what are the terrorists asking for in return? And then you have to kind of you know the, the scales of the, the balancing act, right? Well, I mean, that's if if the reports are true that there's about 150 hostages, some mm -hmm. of them Americans. Yes. Like, what what do you like? Do you? I hate to say it, but do you do you sacrifice those 150 to save? I don't. Like, you, but you can't the, you can't negotiate with crazy, right? Agreed. But, and these people are crazy, so there's no there's no rationalizing and getting them to see the light. I mean, they they like we've said this is biblical stuff. They view this as a holy war. This is not just battle over land this is battle over your religious way of life and your belief system you know we i've heard so many people locally <clears throat> who've made the point that and they have family members over there that it's such a small area relatively speaking mm -hmm. that you know it's not just you think of it as a country but it's a it's a small area so everybody knows somebody who's who's either a hostage or who was killed or injured and so it, it becomes very personal, no matter which side, you know, whether it's a Palestinian person, whether it's an Israeli, you know what I mean? It, mm -hmm. It's very personal. And it's personal over there, but it's also personal here. And this only gets worse from here because right now as we speak, I mean, they're 
the the gunfire continues. Israel is ready to now put boots on the ground, so-called, and go in and a ground mm-hmm. force measure. But as well in in the Gaza Strip, where the yeah. Palestinians are being contained, they the last of the electricity. It's the electricity is done. Yep. And so they they're cutting off the water. They cut off the electricity a couple of days ago. This is a health and humanitarian crisis. It is. Uh, persistence over resistance on the YouTube chat says, is God the problem here, Greg? Uh, that's not what I said. I said that it's their God that they pray to, their book, that tells them that what they're doing is is, is uh, just, justified. justified. Right. That's that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. They take their book literally. So no, no, because there's there's plenty of people that believe in God and all, all this stuff that, that, that don't... Right carry out these horrific, horrific... Right. We, we don't see Christians out there trying to kill Muslims and say that Christianity is the only way to live your life under the religious yeah. specter. Let me say this for a third time on the show. I'm coming at this from a person who's non-religious. Right. I, uh, but I, all I'm saying is, is that it is a, it is a... There's only one religion that justifies this stuff. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, well, what about special forces going in there to rescue some of these uh, civilians, uh, American civilians? So I'm he- hearing con- conflicting reports. I heard I saw a report early this morning mm-hmm. in the Daily Mail that we have uh, S- SEAL Team 6 and like at the ready to go in and do a badass mission to, you know, uh, bring bring our Bring our people home. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Kirby was asked about this yesterday because he did uh, he did a press briefing, which I have a bunch of cuts here from. But he was asked about this, and he said that they're not prepared to do that at this time. I'm not right. sure if he was playing a little rope dope here, mm-hmm. uh, but this is cut four, guys. Well, John, it's Brett Bear. Um, we obviously heard from families of Americans in Israel who say that their family members are being held hostage, um, despite you know that lack of. Uh, confirmation on your your side um you know there is this call for the u.s to do more is there more that can be done currently in terms of the hostage crisis again we're focused right now on making sure that we make available we have great expertise here in the law enforcement intelligence community and even in the military on hostage recovery techniques and tactics and we are offering that expertise uh, to the israelis uh, and uh, obviously we'll continue to work with them we're also uh, working to improve the information flow and intelligence uh, sharing be- between us and uh, in the israelis specifically with regard uh, to this uh, hostage crisis obviously this is more difficult than any other sort of a a normal hostage or wrongful detention scenario because uh, we don't know how many they have really we don't know where they are and it's an active scene of war it's active combat right now which greatly complicates any kind of recovery uh, operation or or endeavor doesn't mean uh, that we turn a blind eye to it and uh, even if there are no Americans in this group uh, we're still going to offer that support uh, to Israel uh, as best we can and as best as as much as they'll accept but are you ruling out some kind of special operation to rescue Americans citizens in, I'm not uh, ruling any I'm not ruling anything in or out Brett I, we're, we're not prepared to do that at this time we just don't have enough information uh, to get into policy possibilities and options uh, we obviously take the safety and security of Americans overseas very seriously President Biden has made that clear and bringing home now uh, almost 40 Americans that were wrongfully detained will certainly uh, act with that same sense of alacrity and urgency here uh, and seriousness uh, but again we just don't have we just don't have the numbers to confirm we don't have the information to be able to talk with any great specificity about what the options might be. 
As always, just like Kareem Jean-Pierre would say, the president <laughs> takes this very seriously. We don't have any answers for you. We can't tell you what we're going to do, uh, but we do take this very seriously. The president has been briefed. Yeah. He's been aware. Well, th- like I said, there's a report that uh, that SEAL Team 6 is on the ready. Okay. So, we shall see. I don't know if that's true or not. but All right. 855-839-1210. Let's grab a couple of calls here in the cut sheet on what's going on in the Middle East as we go to Chris in Feasterville. Chris, you go right ahead, sir. Hi. Um, hi, guys. Great show, uh, as always. Thank you. Um, I wanted to give a little background. My, my parents were born and raised in New England, and my father was a chemist, and he got sent around the world um, to a lot of places. As a result, I was born in Iran. And um, I also grew up a bit in Egypt, so I spent a good part of my childhood growing up in the Middle East. And I just wanted to support Greg's view because um, this is part of their religion. It's um, they 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 look at it as um, um, a part of their mission in the name of Allah to to basically subjugate and kill infidels mm-hmm. and. They um, and you can actually see it. In, like they don't allow intermarriage between their sons and daughters with uh, Christians or Jews. Right. And if they do, it's considered a uh, it's considered like a family dishonor. And there have been cases in this country where immigrants to this country where where fathers had killed daughters uh, for for dating Americans and Christians and Jews. So Greg is Greg is completely right. He's completely right. It's it's uh there there was a poll done some years ago where they asked um, uh, Muslims around the world if they agreed with the uh, the point of view that that everybody should you know that that Muslim is the uh, the, the primary religion and uh, and and like it was it was like seventy five percent agreed with that. So this isn't this isn't some this isn't some uh, you know radical thought in the Islam world. It's uh, it's very common, and and those those religious minorities in um, in uh, Muslim countries they have to fly under the radar because you'll see these paroxysms of violence where you have uh, small Christian communities in Egypt, right? Or and which 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 get attacked, but they'll attack these they'll attack these these small Christian communities and rape and mm-hmm. and kill the Christians. Yep. So so it's 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 just that I think. You know, in in religion, you have, you know, you might have a majority of people who, I think they they may think alike, but you always got to have the soldiers that come in and actually do the dirty work. Mm. So, okay. so so when they when they talk about you know, um, well, not not all Muslims are you know are violent or extremists. I think you have a, a minority of Muslims who aren't violent or extremists, but I think the majority of them agree with with the point of view that everybody should be Muslim. It's a, it's a religion of conquest. You know, when, I, when, when Obama was talking about it was a religion of peace, that's a bunch of BS. It's not a religion of peace. It's a religion of conquest. And they, they, they feel that it's their mission to convert everybody in the world to, to be Islamic. Yeah, it's almost that, like a that, crusade to some extent, for sure. Uh, let's grab Lori quickly here. She's in Ringos, and she's with us this morning. Lori, good morning. How are you? Hi, um, I totally agree that the, these animals from Hamas and and such need to face. Um, they're, they're they're murderers. I can't condemn it any more strongly. They need to face a reckoning. Um, they have blood on their hands. What I think needs to also be considered here is, in addition to that, this is 
a generational, it's the hate is passed on. Okay. And the, the so-called government, so whether it's the Palestinian Authority, the PLO, you know, I don't know what you call them, the rulers of Iran, um, you know, some of the just some of the governments that are quasi governments there because Palestine's not not a nation. They um, they are creating this hate as well or feeding it. They're using their religion to 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 foment it. OK, because they are failed. They cannot raise their people up and give them a living okay so they divert all of their failures and it gets and they and it's projected they steer people towards towards hating the west hating israel okay and that is a significant problem and you can't just say that it's just the rank and file people and i know nobody's doing that but let's let's realize they're masters at having the hate diverted and 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 sending it Towards, and we, that, uh, yeah. I don't know how you end that because and, Israel, the, yeah. the one woman whose, whose kids had been abducted, mm-hmm. she said it. She said that the Israelis give work permits. There were tons of Palestinians that live and work and get in their economic welfare right. through being part of Israel. Yeah. Okay. And this is the rejection of it by hatred that's been fomented by failed governments. Failed states that well, and the hatred is spread beyond just those in the Jewish community, Lori. It's it's spread to anybody that supports Israel. So if if you support Israel and you're the United States and you're the West, you're on their radar. If you are England, if you're any other um, Western nation that is of Christian belief or even just opposed to what these radicalized terrorist groups are doing. They want you dead as well, and it, it's like a crusade. It's it's and it's never going to end. It's like we said. Well, well, if we take out Osama bin Laden, you've defeated Al Qaeda. You've taken out the figurehead, so to speak. But they're they're raising and grooming and training. You've seen the videos. There there are always. This is never going to go away. Doesn't mean you give up trying to eliminate it. But if you think you're just going to eradicate it, it's not going to happen. Michael Keane on the YouTube chat uh, says, this used to be a fun, happy, funny show. This conflict is bringing this country down. Well, yeah, I mean, the slaughter of innocent people will do that. I know. We got, we've got serious for three days. Yeah, that's and, a party pooper for yeah, you. Yeah, I'm sorry. I mean, we, we try. <laughs> I started out the cut sheet. Yeah. Can you w- play some TikTok videos, with, Greg? With an Al Michaels segment about, uh, you know, whether the uh, whether the Super Bowl should be on a pay service because I wanted something other than this. Yes. But. You know, this is the news. Yes. We cover the news here. And yeah, we go where the stories take us. Yeah. Okay? We try and lighten it up as much as we can. Yes. Uh, speaking of this, with one of the dumbest statements I've ever heard in my life, former T- Secretary of State Mike Pompeo at, was asked, what created this Israel-Hamas war? Okay. We, we heard Lori and Ringo state it beautifully. We heard uh, Chris and Feasterville state it beautifully. We've all had had our opinions. We know what it is. But, he, but Mike Pompeo... Uh, has his reasons why it and guess what and and it's because American appeasement. Oh, okay. It's the U.S.'s fault. Got Cut yeah. one. This is grotesque. It is barbaric, and it requires winning. And Prime Minister Netanyahu gets that. And I am just hoping that this administration doesn't slow him down. These are going to be long weeks. There are going to be some pictures that come out of Gaza that are going to be tragic. But make no mistake about it. Prime Minister Netanyahu has the duty to defend his own people in the same way that the United States has that has that duty. We now have Americans held hostage, and Hamas, puppet of Iran, is threatening to kill them. They've already killed 11 Americans. They're threatening to kill Americans live on video and broadcast the audio as well. And President Biden hasn't told the Iranians 
He hasn't told the world what America's response to that will be. I remember, Sean, so well when the Iranians threatened to kill Americans on our watch, when they were launching artillery into the embassy, American embassy in Baghdad, Iraq, we made clear we would hold not the knuckleheads on the ground in Iraq, but we would hold the Iranian regime responsible when we did that. We didn't create World War III, as they said we might, when we got out of the JCPOA, when we moved the embassy. They said we'd create World War III. No, what has created war here is American appeasement, American weakness. And if we don't stand with Israel, if we don't give them the tools that they need to prosecute this to the end until Hamas is wiped out and the Iranian regime understands that the Israelis mean business and they have American support, then we will risk even more American lives. What a, what a, what, what that, a takes some, that takes some stones to say that. Yeah, doesn't it? Well, I, well what, so from a political standpoint, what, what, what is he trying to get at here? I think he's saying that Biden's weakness and current you know, the weakness is what they are playing upon. Well, I do believe, I mean, I do right? say, and I've said this many times on the show, that Joe exudes weakness. And I think a lot of these foreign threats and these global, or I should say, these nations with aspirations of global power and dominance feel like it's now better than ever to do what they want intend to do, you know, in the post-Trump era. But American appeasement. It, w- what that sounds to me was another war hawk that wants us involved in this. That's yeah. That's what that sounded like me he, they want us they want us to center they want us they want world war three and it's and it's weird is it we've been very i i don't want to say passive aggressive is the word but you know we just keep funneling money to ukraine right and we we're going to kind of dance around this a little bit and we kind of tiptoe around china and taiwan it's like we don't want to we want to say that we're keeping an eye on you and we're, we're you know we will act if necessary but it does come off like very anti-Trump of hey, I've got the bigger red button. Well, I'm I'm just curious when this happened. Uh, almost exactly in 1973, was that uh, was that our appeasement too? Was it the Richard Nixon appeasement? Mm. Like like I'm just I'm just curious if we're going down this road. Right. Was it was it the Nixon administration who uh, who helped? It's just it's just ridiculous. These people are going to fight for you know they've been fighting for for centuries. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like since the beginning of time. Nixon was widely praised. If if you read about it, I forget whose book, but uh, if you read about it, the history Nixon at the time was widely praised for his reaction in 1973. Okay. Uh, by the Is still praised by them. Well, there was for a, his swift action. There was a there was an Israeli general that was on um, Fox News the other day who praised Biden for. His response. So Interesting. I'm just saying. Um, Jake Sullivan would, took to the press briefing as well. We talked a lot the other day about um, intelligence failures, which yeah. is going to be, you know, we should really wait till the dust settles until this, because I think this is just the beginning of this conflict, to be honest with you. But we should really wait till the dust settles to really dig into what this is. I don't think now is the time to have that discussion. But hey, that's what we're doing, right? So, uh, was it the was it U.S. intelligence failure? Was it Israeli intelligence failure? What, like, what happened? Why why were they able to do this? Jake Sullivan was asked about this. Cut eight. That's a question for you to ask the Israeli government. Um, obviously, 
the Israeli government has placed a high premium on its intelligence capacity as it relates to Hamas, as it relates to the West Bank, as it relates to Hezbollah. Uh, and uh, why it is that they did not have warning from this is not a question that I can answer from this what program. What about U.S. intelligence? Was there anything in what crosses your desk that would suggest that this was coming? We did not see anything that suggested an attack of this type was going to unfold any more than the Israelis did. I think it's mostly uh, the Israeli intelligence community that failed. But when he talks about an attack of this size and this magnitude, that's why we're asking the question of what is going on here? Because this was not suicide bomber in a car. This was not a rogue, isolated, small group. Like, this was a full-fledged attack on humanity. You talked about it where they were at the, uh, was it a beach or wherever, and they were coming in on paragliding um um, yes, craft or whatever yeah. you want to call it. I mean, this was a full-fledged all-out assault, and there was radio silence in the intelligence community that nobody saw this coming, which now we're hearing started being planned as, as soon as August. You had two months, and you didn't pick up on anything? In this day and age with technology where you pick up on you know online chat rooms and cell phones and towers and communication, come on. I yeah, it's hard to it's it's hard to believe. I mean, look, they said the, the same thing about us in two thousand and one. Yeah, like, how could you know these lunatics have hijacked you know four planes and driven them into you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like flown them into buildings. Yep. Um, so you know, yeah. it's, I'm I'm just gonna say the history piece of nineteen seventy three October sixth. Yes, because it was by the way it was Doctor Kissinger. You know, widely respected by Democrats and Republicans, who was able to negotiate that peace agreement. It was a done deal and a, t- and a, c- a ceasefire. Kissinger in- was a war criminal, too. <laughs> okay. I'm just I'm saying that it was considered a success and a ceasefire was in place by October 24th. And the dissing, it was, it was, by the way, Egypt and Syria, and it was, it was Russia at the time mm-hmm. backed, yeah. right? It was communist. Right. Russia that Russia's was, always had their right? hands in the They're middle always East. in yep. there. Uh-huh. But I'm I'm just pointing out that it, it was the foundation for the Camp David Accords. There's some important history in there. But Nick, during that period, I'm just saying uh, the Nixon administration and Kissinger took a victory lap for that one and is still, they are still praised for what they did quite quickly. But they came out strong and said that the Soviet-backed um, Arabs in that case would not this would not be tolerated and and they knew that and boom it led and i think that's what you know mike pompeo might sound like a big jerk but this is one of his skill sets and what he's saying is right now is not a moment for any kind of weakness if you come out strong and say we're gonna we're gonna back them it leads then to a peace accord uh, I'm just saying. Uh, what it, what was Iran's role in this? We're hearing conflicting reports. Uh, Jake Sullivan was asked about this. Cut eight here. Uh, uh, he's saying we don't have evidence of involvement on this specific attack. We know they're supporting Hamas. We know Iran is supporting Hamas. But with this specific attack, this is cut six. The basis about this question, we're looking back through our intelligence holdings to see if we have any further information on that. We're looking to acquire further intelligence. And if there's an update to that, I'll share it with you. But as I stand here today, while Iran plays this broad role, sustained, deep, 
and dark role in providing all of this support and capabilities to Hamas in terms of this particular gruesome attack on October 7th. We don't currently have that information. We will continue to look for it, and if we find it, we will share that with you. You know, it's remarkable, too, is on the Iran front, especially with this administration and the money that we've talked about. The Biden administration to actually come out and claim that the $6 billion that they were giving to Iran hasn't been accessed yet is so ridiculous from the standpoint of, you know, why we would immediate, why wouldn't we immediately rescind that payment that was given for the support of the Hamas terrorist attack? It's, it's, it's actually laughable and wild that this hasn't been done already. So... There's a lot of things that are being thrown out there, especially when you factor in the Iran. And, Don, I know you've alluded to Iran being a factor before. And even to the John Kirby standpoint, you know, John Kirby, well, we, we, we're not really uh, blah, blah, blah. Like, nobody's showing their hand here. There's a lot of people just that are you know, saying what they want from a spin standpoint. I, all the experts say, I mean, if you look it up, that first of all, Hamas does nothing without, you know, Iran's approval mm-hmm. and that Iran f- feeds feeds them with $100 million yearly, Mm -hmm. and that in the past was confirmed by the uh, United States State Department. I just don't, if anybody thinks that Hamas carried out these atrocities, going door to door like the Nazis did back in the day, going door to door and grabbing Jews, looking for Jewish children and women, and basically cherry picking the best people who might be the best, most sympathetic Jewish hostage, mm-hmm. right, or American hostage. I understand there are many countries represented here in the hostage group. But I'm just saying, if anybody thinks that Hamas did this yeah. against Iran's wishes, right? Um, you know, I've got some swampland somewhere to sell you. It's just, it makes no sense. And so to quibble over the frozen money or whatever, to me, it's it's a no-brainer that Iran absolutely... Uh, gave the nod to this. Right. The question is, how involved were Iranian officials in the actual planning of this? Right. And it's a lot like 9-11 from the standpoint of, yeah, there was the terrorists, there was the hijackers, but where were they trained? Who funded it? You mentioned Saudi Arabia, so forth and so on. So, like, this all stuff, it, and that's the, the hard part of trying to isolate exactly who's responsible, because over there you have so many different nations, uh, and then you have the, the financers and the people that back it and support it. And bankroll it. So, you know, it's it's the same song, different dance, I guess, is what they say. And we'll continue doing this until the end of time. Including the cut sheet. We're going to continue doing that until the end of time. No, well. we have Tony Bruno in the on-deck circle, so we should break. All right. So Bruno's on deck, and uh, he's been getting uh, lubed up like a Phillies fan at 12 <laughs> o'clock in the parking lot. I'm sure he's going to come out firing his fastball oh, at 98 boy. miles per hour. Yeah, I can't wait to hear what and, he has to say And uh, he this. will have plenty of thoughts. We're going to get to Bruno on the other side from the standpoint of uh, what we just talked about. To Riley Gaines at Penn State, some Phillies Braves, Larry Krasner, the Eagles, and also a very interesting thing that played out on ESPN yesterday with Pat McAfee where he had Aaron Rodgers on and they're trying to set up an Aaron Rodgers RFK Jr. tag team debate against Travis Kelsey and Tony Fauci. A vaccine debate on ESPN. You know the suits in Bristol were cringing when they talked about that on the Four Letter Network. Tony will have some thoughts on that as well. Kale & Company, as we continue, 8.30, live here on this Wednesday morning. If you haven't done so yet, go to FanDuel.com slash Greg. FanDuel.com slash Greg. Sign up right now because take the Phillies tonight at minus one and a half. I mean, come on. It's easy money right there. Um, Also, I'm looking ahead. If you didn't... 
if you didn't lock in the Eagles, uh, oh, did I say the Eagles? I meant the Phillies. Um, if you didn't lock in the Eagles yesterday at six and a half, the point spread has already gone up. It's at seven now. It's a minus seven. The Eagles minus seven. So you should have done it yesterday, but you can still lock it in today, right now, uh, at minus seven. At fanduel.com slash Greg, because right now all customers. Customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay for Thursday night football. Just place a three-leg same-game parlay on this week's game between the Broncos and Chiefs, and you'll get bonus bets back if you don't win. NFL same-game parlays are the perfect way to combine your bets for a chance at an even bigger payday. You can build your own or choose from one of the popular same-game parlays pre-built for you and FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. FanDuel.com slash Greg. FanDuel.com slash Greg. It's America's number one sportsbook app. It's in partnership with Valley Forge Casino, and it's the official partner of 1210 WPHT, and is the official betting partner of the NFL, 21 and over, President PA. Refund issued is not withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Max refund $5 unless otherwise specified. Restrictions apply. See terms of sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Start your day with Kale and Company. Weekday mornings, 6 till 10. On Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and the free Odyssey app.